success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And do we have an invincible one to introduce you to today. Jen Cochran, co-founder and chief executive officer at Gifted Travel Network, has one of the most unique backgrounds of any executive of a modern travel agency. Jen was an executive with the Federal Reserve, where she was a startup and turnaround specialist tasked with tackling some of the Fed's most complex business challenges. In her current role as co-founder and CEO of Gifted Travel Network, Jen has steered the company through startup and growth phases with a vision for creating a unique business in a mature industry. Her work has led to GTN being recognized throughout the industry for its innovative approach to supporting and educating successful travel entrepreneurs. Oh my gosh, Jen, I am so excited to have you with us today and Thank to talk you. about this topic. I love to travel. <laughs> I, I always thought I should be a travel agent because I love to travel, uh, but I'm so excited to have you with us. You've done so many amazing things and I love the work you're doing in the world today. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Well, I got where I am today sort of by accident, which is, I think, the way that it often happens, right? Because Federal Reserve to running a travel host agency, totally different things. And um, even starting out the Fed wasn't what I intended to do when I during my undergraduate studies. And so I think that it was just about seeing opportunities and kind of taking those leaps of faith and jumping at the opportunities as they came along. And it just led me from one to the next, to the next, to the next, till. Till I ended up here, which is my forever place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about this um, education. So I always like to ask our guests, like when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was this undergrad that you were running for the studies? Well, you know, it's so funny because I, um, I really like psychology and I thought about doing that. And I took a lot of the, the psychology classes undergraduate, but once they got to the labs, I didn't. So I, hated math and science when I was growing up. So how I ended up in finance, you would wonder, you know, right? <laughs> when I, I had to actually write um, analysis for a this, I got sponsored actually for my graduate degree. I, I got a business degree from Columbia Business School. Um, and in, and I got I got sp fully sponsored for that, which was a big deal. And in order yeah. to be able to apply for that, I had to write an essay, an analytical, send an analytical writing sample. So I sent an analysis of an Emily Dickinson poem because I had nothing that was like business related. And I was like, well, analyzing a poem is like analyzing a balance sheet, right? You just break apart the pieces and relate them to the whole. So they, they liked that answer clearly because they let me in. <laughs> um, 
but I, I really wanted to focus on, you know, I was very much liberal arts as a Hispanic studies major undergrad. And then I took a money banking class and I really liked the, the Fed and learning about the central bank and everything. And that opportunity came up, you know, and so I did that and got my graduate degree. And I'm like, I think a masterful generalist. I don't like to do anything for too long or too deep. And so I would go to wherever the crisis was or the new thing was or the problem was or the merging issue or whatever was blowing up at the time. And I'd kind of come in, figure out the strategy, hire the people, get it up and running and then move on to the next thing. So I, I, so I feel like it's not so much for me about whatever the underlying subject matter is. It's, it's about the strategy and moving things forward and having a vision and being passionate about it and just having a lot of energy around it. And each step of the way, I picked up something that I would carry into the next thing that I did and the next thing that I did and the next thing that I did. Well, you know, that's what I was going to say is having that education in finance actually is a great benefit to where you are today, right? Like Absolutely. running- you're like, that's things that you take with you. It's not a total shift. It's just different. Right. Right. But honestly, travel has to be way more fun than finance. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Well, the underlying subject matter is way more fun for sure. But yes. the running of the business part, a lot of it is actually really the same. You still have to set the strategy. You still have to understand how to build the team and create a high performance team. You still have to understand how to project your results and, you know, yeah. analyze your revenue drivers, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You need a little bit of all of it. You need to understand marketing. You need to understand communication. You need to be persuasive. Like all of these skills are core to whatever it is that you do. Isn't that true? That's, that's the same thing, like in all across entrepreneurship, right? It doesn't matter how good you are at what you do. It's can you do all those other things because right. you're it, you're everything. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, let's do this. Tell us, what makes you invincible? I think it's that I'm really unflappable. <laughs> I trust that things are going to work out and, you know, and I just don't get, I don't get rattled. I don't get triggered. I don't like get caught up in the story of whatever it is, you know, that might not be going right. I'm always focused on the positive. I always believe that things are going to work out. Um, and I think that's helped me stay really true to the mission you know, through ups and downs and thick and thin and all of the things that we go through. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. And I love that. Oh, and I, I want to be more like you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, you kind of were paving the way here as you were talking about strategy and all the different things, the marketing and different things. So I'm excited to talk to you about this topic today. And that is one, how do you know when it's time, right, to scale or grow your business? Um, and then let's jump into some like tactical, tangible tips. And, you know, you talk a lot about strategy. So I would love to touch there as well. But let's just dive in and talk sure. a little bit about this. Sure. So I think it's an interesting question. Like, when do you know when to scale your business? Because really, you should be scaling from the moment that you decide to start a business. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we pretty much all start out as solopreneurs or with a partner. But, you know, it's just us, the ones that are creating the business that are doing all the things. I mean, initially, like I built our website. I did, you know, I did our business structure. I did, you know, you do everything. Um, but if you want to if you want to succeed, you can't continue to do that because just because we can do all the things doesn't mean we should be doing all the things, because in order to grow our businesses, we need to be focused on what our highest and best use is. So I think the biggest piece of advice, practical piece of advice I could give people in terms of scaling their business is that you need to be hiring 
And by that, I mean actually hiring or outsourcing or delegating or in some way distributing the work of the business way before you think you can afford to do so. Because every minute that you spend doing something that is not your highest and best use, there's an opportunity cost to that. And that is not time that you're spent just spending focus on the strategy. It's not the time you're spending focusing on business development and the things that are in growth mode. So if you're doing your own books, right, you might be able to, I can, I have a degree, (laughs) but I don't because that's, that is a support function for the business. That is not a leadership function for the business. Um, and I think it's really easy to get caught up, especially because we're all on that hamster wheel all the time doing all the things. And we lose sight of the fact that we need to get out of that. We need to get out of the weeds um, and have time for strategy. So um, so I think it's always time to be scaling your business. And one of the, there's a few things that I found are really important for entrepreneurs as they're moving forward with their business. And There's some practical things and I'll get to that, but actually a lot of it I think is around sort of frame of mind and how you're focusing. And the first of those is that you really need to be clear about what your vision for your business is. And by that, I don't mean like what your goals are and how much money you're going to make and stuff. It's more like, how do you want it to feel? How do you want it to fit into your lifestyle? Like, what is that vision because it's really hard to steer towards it if you aren't really clear about where you're going. You may end up there by accident, but you need to have some direction, you know, along the way. Um I love that. And and it's important to also really stay focused on sort of what that passion is and the thing that makes you you, like why you got into it in the first place. As we create our businesses, a lot of times you get into you know, comparing to others and looking what your counterparts are doing. And, and, you know, there's a revenue opportunity over here, over here, over here, but those things can also be distractions. And if you, if you veer too far from the thing that's uniquely how you show up in that space, that's when you can really lose your way. So anytime you're doing any sort of planning or any sort of focusing on your business, I always tell people go back and start with that vision, start with being tapped into that vision and being inspired by where you are. Um, But the second thing is you have to be deliberate, too. (laughs) Um, So you have to have some goals and plans and priorities, you know, to sort of set that path for yourself, because in any industry, there's lots of shiny objects. There's lots of distractions. There's a million things you can be spending your day doing. And if you don't have a framework, if you haven't been clear about your priorities and be deliberate about where you want to go, it's really easy to it's hard to filter all those shiny objects that show up on a day to day basis. And then one of the most important things for entrepreneurs, I think, is to get comfortable being uncomfortable (laughs) because we're always going to be uncomfortable, right? It's like the whole, yes, be deliberate, but also you're going to be building the plane as you fly it a lot of the time. (laughs) And you're going to be in uncharted waters a lot of the time. And you're going to be, you know, doing things that you've never done before in your career and having to like, you know, fake it till you make it a lot of the time. I mean, that's just what entrepreneurship is about. But if you stay comfortable, then you also stay stagnant, which, you know, is and, you know, I'm not the only one who says that that's nothing unique about the being uncomfortable, getting, you know, uncomfortable. But it's really true. The magic happens outside your comfort zone. Uh, Isn't that true? What a mic drop, right? Yeah. And then finally, I would say trust, you know, which is a big word, but it's really important because you have to trust in yourself. You have to trust in your skill sets. You have to trust in your instincts. Um, But also you have to trust in others. You have to trust that people can do things as well as you can so that you can delegate. You can you have to trust in your 
clients and you have to trust in your colleagues and you have to trust in your partners, your suppliers, what have you, because that all of that ecosystem, you know, comes together. And you also just have to trust that everything's always working out for you, even when you don't think it is right. Like the universe has your back. A lot of that's trust. And it's and you know, you might think, well, that's not very practical because there's a million practical things that I could say to do, too, about, you know, how you communicate and how you define your target market and all of that kind of stuff is super important. But in coaching business owners, one of the things that I found is you can have two business owners who are both doing all the right things. And one of them has the really strong mindset and the really strong, deliberate way of being in their business and they're taking off. And then the other one is lined, you know, crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, but they're just not getting traction in their business. And it's because they don't believe it. They, you I, know, they just don't believe it. I'm so glad you brought that up because there's so much talk about like manifestation and mindset and all these things. And I literally see it in my own business, how people sabotage themselves and block themselves and, you know, the stories they tell over and over again that only they believe. Right. Um, and I, I'm so glad you pointed that out because you can do all the right things. But if you don't do these other things, it will make a difference. And I love everything that you said, um, especially about like from the first part of you know, you should be thinking about scaling before you even start, right? As you're creating this. Um, and I want to ask about that, like, and really spend another minute there is just about, you know, as you said, even when you think you can't afford it, right? So you right. see people doing these $20 jobs and they're not making their $500 an hour because right. they're doing the $20 job. I mean, in the beginning, like you said, you built your own website, you know, some business owners are posting on social media. You know, um, but I love what you're saying about, you know, how how much is that costing you at the end of the day? It's an opportunity cost. You can't do all of the the things. And so one of the ways that I get people comfortable around taking that leap and sort of hiring before you can afford it, which is what I always say, hire ahead of growth. And I've always practiced that, too. And it's like, you know. Growth is not like a linear function. It's more like a step function, right? You hit like a capacity constraint and then you have to reinvest in order to grow. And then you hit another capacity strength. Well, if you're building so that you're ready before you hit those capacity strengths, then you accelerate that growth, you know, from a very practical standpoint. Um, but the other thing is that if you have a framework for your business and for planning, you know, which is sort of the practical um, content here, it really helps have the confidence to be able to do that. And so, you know, anybody that's going to talk to you about running a business is going to say you should have a business plan. And if you go on like the score website or something, they're fairly elaborate. And I'm not saying like you have to, you know, create a binder of content, but I think it's really important to have a framework that you use to help you sort of be deliberate about your business and also to help you stay honest to that during the course of the year. And like I said, you should always start with your vision. You know, that's the number one thing, because otherwise you lose the force through the trees. You need to get tapped into what, what's inspiring you. But then just systematically go through. And I would say sort of the key elements to look on. OK, here's your vision. So based on that, who is your target audience, meaning who is your message going to resonate with? Who are the people who need what you have to uniquely have to offer? Your medicine is what we call it sometimes. You know, who are the people that need that? Right. 
And so how do you speak to them in a way that's going to resonate? That's, the, that's your message. How do you build a brand around that? You know, that is set, is, you know, the aesthetically represents your message. Um, and then practically from that, okay, you have your vision, you have your message, you have your brand. You need a marketing plan that talks about how you're doing list building and engagement strategies. You know, I'm not going to get, in, get into marketing, but practically what right. are you doing? What are the things that you're doing to build your list and engage your list? And then you need an operating plan, which is about what are the processes that you need to have in place? What are your client care systems? What can you delegate? What can you outsource? Where can you hire? Like, how are you building that infrastructure, the foundation of the business? And then the last piece, of course, is the financial plan, which is like budgeting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> forecasting, you know, if, if I want to do all these things that I just laid out to, to grow my business, how much are those things going to cost me? Plus the running of the business stuff, my telephone bill, my internet bill, you know, all of that. What does that mean in terms of the amount of revenue? How am I going to go about making that revenue? And then a process to look at how am I performing against that? And then also, I, I think it's really important to do scenario analysis, which is sort of a, a best case, better case, you know, great case kind of a thing. And yeah. what I find so powerful about the scenario analysis is that I really think it gives people comfort level for the hiring ahead of growth. Mm. Because I cannot think of a case ever of all the businesses that I've coached where somebody didn't hire even when they thought they couldn't and their business didn't grow more than enough to compensate for that person plus some more. I love that. Oh and my when gosh. you do the scenario now, so you can see how easy it is to increase the revenue if you have the capacity to increase the revenue. But if you're stagnant, you're not going to grow. So it's a leap of faith, of course. But seeing the numbers and see how easy it is if you just do this much more of this thing or this much more of that thing, how it can skyrocket your results helps people get over that hump. Like, OK, I do need to bite the bullet and bring on a social media person. So I'm freeing up five hours a week that I could be doing something else to grow right. my business and hire a bookkeeper. So I'm not sitting there going through my credit card receipts every month and whatever those things are that are not the business owner's highest and best use. Right. And, you know, it's like you're answering my questions before I even ask them. I love this conversation. Um, and I, my next question to you was going to be, what would you say? Now, you work with all of these businesses that are travel agencies uh, and you help them get up and scale and, and take off. What would you say is the best order of delegation? So what would you say is the number one first hire you should make? I personally think it's somebody to do the bookkeeping stuff because first of all, it's time consuming. Second of all, for most people, unless you're running an accounting business or something, it is not your highest and best use. That's that, most people are, you know, in a passion business, you know, because they they have some creative outlet or something that they have to offer. And it's usually not that. So it's not people's favorite thing. It's not what they do best. And it is definitely a support function. And if they have somebody who can present that Con that information to them so that they can actually use it to think strategically about growing their business. It really helps. So that's just really low hanging fruit mm -hmm. um, and very easy to delegate because there's a million people who love that, who are amazing at that, who can help with that. Um, and I think another one is social media. However, I think it's really important not to delegate social media in a vacuum because it has to be your voice. It has to be your brand. It has to resonate for your ideal client. So a really good social media person can emulate you and, 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 and 
really do a good job with your voice. Like none of my posts are actually me doing it. <laughs> but they all sound like you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it, that is not my highest and best use. <laughs> I wouldn't even be visible on social media if it were up to me. Um, so for most people, I think that's another place where just because there is a really, there are a lot of really good resources for that. And it's a relatively inexpensive thing that is part of growing your business, but is an easy one to delegate. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really important is whatever the client care aspect of your business is. So for example, in the travel business, the people who are running the travel agencies, they're usually really passionate about travel and travel design, right? And expertise. And so they want to work with the clients and they want to create these amazing experiences for their clients. But then there's a whole bunch of work downstream to follow up with the itineraries and do final payments and deal with travel documents and put things, get things invoiced and, you know, follow up with all the partners on transfers. And like, there's a lot of delivery that needs to be done really well if you're doing a VIP client service. And that's probably true of most businesses. So if the person who's generating the business has somebody to pass it off to, who's actually doing the, the implementation of the, so the delivery of the service, that's a really important scalable um, strategy for, for your business. So you can keep bringing in more, but somebody else can do the servicing probably in a way better than the business owner can. Mm, most likely, right? It, when you said bookkeeping, I thought of myself. I'm like, <laughs> I sent an invoice the other day and the, the contract didn't attach to it. And then I get a message like, you told me to return the contract, but it's not there. And I'm thinking there's got to be a better way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Invoicing yeah. is not your highest and best use, yeah. I promise you. And there are people who are amazing at that. <laughs> amazing at it. Oh my gosh, it just made me laugh out loud because I'm like, oh boy, is she preaching to the choir right here? Oh, I know I need that. Oh my gosh, well, this is so amazing. So here's a question. You are working with the same type of people, um, but overall in entrepreneurship and even in what you're doing, what would you say the common theme is in their shortfall? Like where is everyone suffering, you know, the one place that's the most that you have to help people with? I think broadly it's getting off the hamster wheel and, and getting strategic. People get, you know, it's, it's very, especially when businesses take off really quickly and people haven't learned from the beginning to scale. Once you're on that hamster wheel, getting off of it is not easy. You have to take a step back. You have to figure out how to delegate you. Then you need systems in place to be able to actually delegate the stuff. And so there's there's a there's a step there <laughs> um, that's hard. And also believing, like I said, that you can, that you can afford it. You can trust people to do it, that they're going to be able to do as well or better than you in delivering aspects of your business. So there's there's a bunch of mindset needs to be plucked, as well as the practical reality of when you're depleted because you're running so fast on that hamster wheel. It's hard to get into strategy land, you know, and take yeah. a big picture approach to your business. Right. I can I can agree with that 100 percent. And I'm going to take you back to trust. So you talked about trust being a big, big part of this. And then you just talked about, you know, trusting that people can do it as well as you or better. Um, and so I'm going to ask you to talk about trust. Talk, speak into that. There are some people that are just wired and they don't trust anybody. 
right? Whether it's because of their past experience or whatever, or stories they've heard. How do you take someone like that? Who's like, oh, I I agree with everything that she's saying here, but I just can't do it. what What do you say to that? How do you speak to that trust? I mean, you know, everybody has their own journey to work through those things. And I think that when you're tackling any sort of mindset issue, because we all have them, the first thing is awareness, just being aware of it so that when you realize that you're in that space of not trusting, you can kind of take a step back and kind of get curious about why am I not trusting the situation and how can I, you know, take a leave of faith and and trust more. Um, And also just recognizing the opportunity cost of that. You know, and people talk about when they when they when they talk about hiring and not trusting and hiring specifically, they're like, you know, I'm going to want to like double check and look at everything. And they and then they tend to end up self-sabotaging because they hire people who need to be micromanaged because they want to micromanage. And the people who need to be micromanaged are not going to do the best job in terms of freeing the owner up to do other things. What you want to do is hire somebody who's going to come in and tell you what to do yes. and take the ball and run with it. <laughs> But you have to trust those people because, you know, you and I are probably those people, right? Would you want to work with some, for somebody who doesn't trust you to be able to take the ball and run with it? Of course not. So the best people need the most autonomy. Oh, so my from gosh. a practical standpoint, if you don't trust, you're going to stay stuck. Perfect. That That is the perfect answer. Um, and what you just said, like, I say this all the time, like we want leaders, we want the top people, but the top people don't want to be micromanaged. Right. They want to be left to go do what they do best. Right? right. And I love what you just said, because you put that all in perspective. And then the last thing that I wanted to just kind of go back to was where you were talking about, um, like trying to be like the other people trying to do it like other people and not like yourself and not to lose yourself. And I have spoken, I can't even number how many business owners, CEOs I've spoken to who have talked about that, that they they were doing research and looking at what everyone else in the in the world was doing. And then they were trying to copy that and totally lost themselves and they lost their footing and they lost a lot of money and a lot of time. So I want to go back to that a little bit um, just to say, like, what do you how do you speak to that? Like when you see people who are doing that, like, What do you what is your answer to that? I think it's that's why it's so important whenever you're doing strategic planning or anything. I always say start with the vision, like actually go to articulating your vision, not just, oh, yeah, I know what my vision is, but get in that space of inspiration around your vision and really feeling your passion so that you're not just getting down to practicalities. Because if you get right down to practicalities and you lose that and you're not tapped into that, you are likely to like follow some of these distractions, you know, that that aren't exactly who you are. And and like examples come up for us all the time. Like I can give you a practical example. So in our industry where you have a bunch of travel agencies are our clients, right? And then they're they've all got client care and a lot of them are hiring people to help with that client care. Well, some agencies will hire in-house people that can do some of that work for their members. And we haven't done that. And part of the reason we haven't is because we are a pure B2B business. We're not a B2C business. We didn't start out as an agency, a brick and mortar agency like others. So I don't feel like our core competency is delivering travel services. Our core competency 
is cultivating successful travel entrepreneurship and supporting business owners. So could we do that? Yes, but we're not going to do that as effectively. That's a distraction. Another one might be creating marketing for people. Could we do that? We have a brilliant marketing department. Of course we can, but there are other people that can do that. That's not our core competency. Ours is helping business owners, building a super powerful collaborative community where they can share best practices. And if we distract from that just because there's a revenue opportunity or a business model that's working for somebody else, then that is a tension that's getting pulled away from really honing in on what we do best. Oh, that was that's the best answer ever. And, you know, and I can't help but think like and even as you talk about how you're helping other businesses, even on for as entrepreneurs and small business owners, people are buying us. So if we're out there trying to be like somebody else, like how is that even going to work? They're the one they fall in love with us. They want to do business with us. And, you know, the the values, the core values and, and the way that we do business. Uh, and so it doesn't make any sense. It's so true because what attracts people is authenticity. Right. And so if you're doing something because academically it makes sense, you lose that authenticity. Uh, but, and again, and then you lose trust as well, right? Yeah. That goes out the window with it. So, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. And I, what I have seen in my own work is that a lot of times imposter syndrome comes up, right? Yes, And absolutely. that's what, that's what causes people to have this desire to go chase the shiny object. Let me go see what Jen's doing because she's doing really good and I could do that. No, you can't do what Jen does, how Jen does it. And that's like, that's the part where we miss it. And so I love that you're just really calling this out. I love it so much. I also love what you said about the scenario analysis, right? Like that, I think that helps you build like more belief in it, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like when you can say like, this is the worst that can happen, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the best that can happen. And I think when you write it out on paper, it becomes more believable and then you can actually move into action and get out of your head. Right. And take the best that can happen and then double it (laughs) because because none of us think big enough. Yes. It's it's such human nature to like, you know, where we live in a world of constraints. And so we tend to put like erroneous constraints on like how big we can, how much we can do, how, how great we can be. So, so think of what you think is the best outcome and then double it or more. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so good. I love that so much. This is amazing. Okay. One more thing that you said, which I love is how we talk about, you know, you being invincible and how you don't get rattled. So I would love, like, we, we have a lot of female listeners they're at every, you know, age and occupation. Give us a couple tips, Jen, on how to keep yourself in the game, not getting rattled, not losing yourself and staying focused when things start to go a little awry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it takes practice. It takes deliberate focus, but I think that there's some like non-business things that I would say. One is self-care is really important. And as women, we tend to let that go first. So, you know, I, get up in the morning, I make my bed, I work out every day, I eat healthy, I try and get enough sleep, I make sure I have time for fun, I don't work too many hours, you know, you know, focus on family, like all of those kinds of things are really important and really easy to lose sight of, especially in the early years when you're in startup mode and you're just going like crazy, trying to get everything off the ground. Um, 
but it's really hard to be inspired if you're depleted, which is what I said before. It's also yeah. really hard not to like we're more likely to get triggered or testy or frustrated when we're tired. Yes. So self-care, I think, is really, really important. And the other thing is, if you feel like you're having some sort of reaction to something or getting triggered by something again, like the sooner you can recognize it, the sooner you can employ tools to shift from that. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, really. But if you're not conscious that it's happening, then it's really hard to develop the skill set to to be able to refocus. I love it. Oh, so good. So good. And it starts with self-care. Like you said, like we are the business. So as you, you know, as you mentioned, like it, it's a not business related. I'm like, we are the walking, talking brain behind it. And if we're not right, it's not going to be right no matter right. what. So I love this. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. Anything else you'd like to share with us on this topic or any final words you want to give on this? No, I think, I mean, I would say that, you know, after having a very successful and really fulfilling, powerful, you know, career, you know, at the Federal Reserve, I loved it. But the day that I hung up my suit and shifted into entrepreneurship was one of the best things that I ever did. And so it's not for the faint of heart, for sure. But there's nothing like, you know, being in charge of your own destiny and being able to create the thing that I love so much is so we have 30 full time employees and seven that we engage on a part time basis for marketing and stuff. Um, I love that I've been able to provide a, you know, a, a career. For that many people, you know, who are supporting their families and we have young people who are starting out and building their careers. And, you know, that just it really means a lot to me to be able to provide that. I love that. And is your business, your company all virtual? No, our employees are mostly like I am physically in my office right now. So most oh. of our employees are local and come to an office every day. Well, not we've always been hybrid, so not everybody's here every day, but we have a physical office. Our clients are all virtual, are all over the country. And and we work, mostly work with them virtually. We do in-person events and stuff, but they're mostly virtual. We have a couple employees that are remote, but that's a very rare exception because I'm still a believer in the collaboration that you get when you bring people together physically. Yes, those coffee pot conversations, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. And where where is your business located? We're just north of Charlotte, North Carolina. In awesome. Lake Norman area. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, that was amazing. I would love for you to share. First, let me thank you for this free giveaway that you have for our listeners. But I would love for you to share about this guide that you have that um, that's about scaling and profitability for entrepreneurs. It just sort of goes through what I was talking about, about the framework for organizing your thoughts about your business. You know, I call it a strategic planning framework, but I also just feel like it helps to organize your priorities so you can say, okay, here's the key things I'm doing for marketing. Here's the key things I'm doing for operational aspects of my business. And then given that, what's my budget look like? What am I investing in this year? And and helping to manage through that and, and keep yourself strategic and, you know, be able to you know, sort the forest through the trees sort of thing. I so that's it. what that's what's in the guide is what the uh, sections of the plan should be. Awesome. Because I was taking notes. I'm like <laughs> over here like, oh, let me get this down. Now I know it's in the guide. Okay. So the link to that is in the show notes. So just click the link and you can go right to where Jen has that and access that guide and be able to put some kind of plan and strategy in place uh, for yourself and your business. Amazing. Oh my gosh, Jen. 
This has been so great. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, so our website is just www.giftedtravelnetwork.com. And if you are interested in being an entrepreneur and you, but you haven't found your thing yet and you think it might be travel, <laughs> that's what we do. We help people build successful travel businesses. So there's information about that on there. Um, but if not, and you love to travel, we'd be happy to refer you to somebody who could help you with your travel planning. I love it. That's amazing. And now travel is back and better than ever and thriving and everybody needs it more than ever as well. So I love what you're doing here. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing they're genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend. And it is on Zoom, so super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment, We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Oh my gosh, you know, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and you certainly have have fit that bill and uh, we promise them value and oh my gosh, you have given so much here today and I appreciate that and this free um, downloadable that you have for our listeners. Thank you so much, but we're not done because on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners that while we are spotlighting these fierce entrepreneurs, we are also going to pull back the curtain and we're going to share the stories. 
see everyone sees your success. They just heard you. They they they're like, she's so smart. She's so successful. She's got it all together. She's beautiful. All the things. And then they and you know what they say? They follow that with she's so lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then we want to smack them. So right. it's not uh, yeah, all luck. <laughs> there's no luck. The, the harder we work, the luckier we get. Right. right. And so we'd love to pull back the curtain to share with them like, hey, you want her success. Are you willing to put up with her sacrifices, with her obstacles and all that she did? So I'd love to tell some quick stories. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. let's do it. OK, so we, I love to start with the good. So let's tell a story about the good or the greatest part of this journey so far. Well, the greatest part is that I ended up in a job that I didn't even know existed when I started out. <laughs> that is the most amazing thing. I, you know, I can't believe how much I love what I do. Um, and like I said, it just was a matter of jumping at those opportunities that came that I found myself here. Um, but I had no idea that this was even a possibility 12 years ago. I love it. And, you know, it's I like to always share and like and we did with your education background is that, you know, nothing is ever wasted. Right. All of that knowledge goes with us and somewhere it plays a part in the next thing that we're going to do. Absolutely. I, I love that that happened for you. And now you're doing this and it's so much more fun. And yet everything that, you know, you've brought to this. Um. Let's tell a story about the bad. We'll save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. Well, you know, I think it's something that we all experience when we're starting out, which is at the beginning, there's a lot of heavy lifting and sweat equity, essentially. Right. You know, we're starting out with an idea and then you got to build it all from there. So Right now, I would say I have an amazing quality of life. I don't work that hard. I get to travel. I love my job. You know, I, not that I don't work hard, but I mean, I have a great balance. But at the beginning, it wasn't really like that because, you know, you don't make any money at the beginning. I missed a lot of kids soccer games and, you know, late nights and early mornings and lack of sleep. And, you know, you do give up a lot when you're passionate about building something. It takes it does take some sacrifice and it takes some skin in the game at the beginning. You have to be willing to to put that in in order to reap the rewards of it. Mm, opportunity cost. Right. We yeah. go right back to that. Like the yeah, choices absolutely. you make. And some people are not willing to do that. They, right. They're not willing to work that hard or sacrifice different things that and it's hard. But it's yeah. a decision it's that your you make business. You don't leave it at the office at five. No, just don't. (laughs) Yeah. Does it crack you up when people say I'm going to quit my corporate job and become an entrepreneur so I can work less and make more? Right. (laughs) We're all still eventually. Eventually you can too, but but not not at the very beginning. (laughs) I know. And it's so funny because then they have like that shock, (laughs) like, oh, it's not what I thought it would be. Oh, my gosh. But yes, eventually you do have the freedom and time and flexibility and finance and all of that. Also, let's go to, well, I'm going to ask you another question, but I'm going to go, let's go to the ugly. And then I'm going to ask you this other question. Um, Tell us an ugly story. Um, So, you know, we, so I started this business with two, two other co-founders and, you know, we're still working together and we have an amazing relationship and everything, but, you know, in that kind of environment, when you're under a lot of stress, you know, it's a little bit like a marriage, 
where you have some ups and downs. And there were definitely some points. I tend to be the peacemaker in the trio, but there's definitely some points where it was hard, you know, where people felt like, you know, maybe I should just walk away or, you know, we weren't on the same page or we just weren't relating to each other. And you have to be, we're very complimentary and we wouldn't be where we're today with, you know, out everybody's perspectives, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's not always easy, you know, to be on the same page. Yeah. And here's a question around that. Is that something that is just going to be an ongoing thing that you have to deal with and get better at? Or at some point, do the business partners like get on the same page after they've worked together and worked through so many things for so long? I would say that there's always going to be times where we get out of sync just because that is a natural rhythm. What we're better and better at is getting back in sync and recognizing when we're getting out of sync and then taking the time to get back in sync. And we have very strong communication skills. We're very honest and supportive of one another. Um, and we aren't afraid to have tough conversations. So it's it's something you need to practice. If just like in a marriage, <laughs> you know, you have to you have to do, be good at doing the right things to make the relationship work. Got it. Oh, good answer. Okay. And here's this final question. Why travel? Like you were in finance, you've done some other things. What was it about travel that brought you to want to start this company and help other travel agents? Um, well, it just happened to be travel. It was more about sort of the entrepreneurial journey. So after I hung out my suit, the Fed actually started and sold another business that was a community focused business. And then my business partner in that business relocated. So we sold that business. And as I was doing that, my business partner was just starting to do coaching and education in the travel space. And she had had a travel agency and I started helping her as I was transitioning the new owner. And I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And travel's an amazing industry. But for me, it was also just about starting a business, setting the strategy, hiring the people, getting it up and running. I mean, that's kind of what my brilliance is. And so the fact that it ended up being in such an amazing industry, again, was just sort of the opportunity came at the right time and luck and everything, as opposed to me knowing that travel was the thing I wanted to do and seeking it out. It just I just when I saw the opportunity, I was smart enough to take it. <laughs> I love it. That's a great answer. And I love that because what the things that you're teaching here, they can be for travel, but they also could be for any entrepreneur Absolutely. scaling any business, which is what made me think like, okay, so why did you choose travel? You have this brilliance. You could build any company anywhere with anything. So because it is the those those things that we just talked about, it's mm -hmm. all of those things that make or break a company. And so Absolutely. you guys are just amazing. And I, I just appreciate you being here so much. Thank you for all that you shared today and all the value you brought to our listeners. We appreciate that so much. Any Happy final words? Oh, yeah. Oh, so thanks. great. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay. To our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but listen, you heard it from Jen. It's It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And you are going to have to overcome obstacles and grow in different areas. And I think the biggest thing she said today was trust, right? So if you want to make it work, 
You got to have the trust. So let's work on that. But if you're face down on the ground right now, just get back up because you can do anything. Tell them, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. You can. It's sky's the limit. Yeah. So just get back up because that's the first step. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at CammieLeeman.com. I can't wait to meet you.